folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And this week, we have uh, a very interesting episode. We're talking about one of the most interesting rappers of this millennium, one of the biggest rappers of this millennium, uh, a rapper whose influence is going to be felt for probably generations, Mm -hmm. but who also has a maddeningly inconsistent output but is still an outstanding rapper. A legend, you could say. A legend, absolute legend. We're talking about Nicki Minaj. Recently, uh, if you're not aware, Nicki Minaj talked about retirement. Rappers talk about retirement uh, in the same way they talk about like their criminal histories. It's like a, a point of gross exaggeration, usually. <laughs> I don't know how many rappers have actually said they would retire and then retired. Usually rappers just have to retire because no one is checking for them anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh, like... So Nicki Minaj says she's retiring... Which is like setting the stage for a comeback, or maybe she just won't even acknowledge this. Like she apologized the next day and said, yeah. I, "I'm sorry, I was just upset. Like I'm not retiring." Yeah. So um, it's it's a lot like uh, for for my wrestling fan listeners out there. It's like when a wrestler announces they're retiring, you're like, "You're going to be back, yeah. in a few months." Did The Rock ever officially retire? He never officially retired, and he always comes back. He used to, for a while he would come back in. We had a movie to promote. Yeah. But now he's at a level that he doesn't really need wrestling to help promote he's, his movies. He's anymore. the most well paid actor in Hollywood, I think. Damn. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But before we get into that, let's do some quick housekeeping notes. First of all, uh, you should follow us on Instagram. We're at, at Ketchup Podcast. Um, and we appreciate all the DMs we've been getting. We got some really good episode suggestions recently that we're actually going to act on. So please continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything you want to know. If you've been, like, if you were a new hip hop fan, an old hip hop fan, if there's some topic you've, do you feel like you've never been covered in the way you'd like to hear? Like, you know, hit us up. We will we will dive in if it's uh, if it's suitable. Yes, we're super down for it. Um, also, c- please continue to support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash ketchup podcast. Your support has helped us achieve a, a new goal, which we're going to tell you about right now. So for the last few months, you've heard us talking, alluding to a potential catch-up live episode. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's actually finally happening. The date is Saturday, October 19th. It is at the Rec Room, and our special guest is the one and only DJ Academics. <laughs> That's right. One of the most one of the most hated and beloved figures. Biz- bizarrely beloved. Like he has a huge fan base. A huge fan base. He's also hated by many people. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. Maybe fairly, maybe unfairly. Yeah, maybe fairly, maybe unfairly. Despite all that, he's definitely one of the most interesting figures in hip hop uh in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Just his his come up from like a YouTube celebrity to becoming a part of the hip-hop mainstream with the complex uh show everyday struggle to now just being a permanent fixture in terms of the hip-hop discussion and somebody who actually is like you know in some ways he makes he makes me think of somebody like uh like the conservative blogger matt drudge where i remember a few years ago um like there was a stat out that matt drudge uh effect like he promoted like essentially like 20 percent of internet all content like was filtered through matt drudge so dj academics occupies a similar space in the hip-hop world mm-hmm. where he disseminates so much information and so many people like learn of things that are happening in the industry because of him mm-hmm. that he has this in, an incredible amount of power which we've seen because we've seen now rappers that have relationships with him this whole thing with takashi like he helped blow takashi up mm-hmm. in a lot of ways so and we'll yeah and you know we'll get to the bottom of all that we'll get to hear his perspective on takashi and 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 you know on, on just where rap is going i mean this like him or not he there are very very few people who have their finger on the pulse of rap like academics does 
It's true. And we don't really know. There's like, there's not a lot of information about him out there. So we're going to, we're going to dig into all of that. So once again, uh, thank you for your support with our Patreon supporters and just being a part of the catch up family, because uh, we're really excited to take this next step. And mm. we are going to have more live episodes in the future with different guests, but this mm. is our first one. So uh, we would love it if you guys could all come out to the show. Mm-hmm. Tickets will be available soon, if they're not available right now, but they will be available soon at therecroom.com. We'll link to it off on our um, Instagram pretty regularly. It'll yes. probably be in the bio. You'll see it everywhere. It, yeah. um, it'll be in the group. We'll have a Facebook event, the whole nine yards. But anyway, we're super excited for yeah, it's it. Gonna, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so, we've been working on this for a long time, put a lot of work into making this happen because it's a topic we're truly fascinated by. And like, I, I I think it's going to be a really awesome evening. And speaking of the rec room, we are actually uh, co-presenting a concert coming up with uh, the rapper from Tennessee, Baby Mother, who is amazing. Yeah, very cool um, underground artist. Yes. So we're going to be at the rec room with uh, Baby Mother. We're going to be DJing after party after the after party, and we're helping co-promote the event. So if you're in Toronto and want to see just one of the one of the many dope new women rappers in the game right now mm-hmm. come see baby mother it's like a super affordable ticket price and she's a great performer yeah come see baby mother it's a saturday night september 28th and you get to come hang out with your boosted Fate fam afterwards so it'll be a great show we're super excited for it and uh come hang all right let's get into the episode When did you first hear about Nicki Minaj? Uh, the first time I heard Nicki Minaj was in 2007 on Lil Wayne's The Drought 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the all-time best mixtapes. We've talked about it uh, a couple times before on a Lil Wayne episode and in our classic mixtape episode, I believe. She has a, a verse, and I remember her hearing it, and to be honest, I thought it was kind of corny. She talks about being Hermione. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like... Yeah. Ernest Harry Potter references just they don't they just don't work for me. Like I I, I think Harry Potter is really funny when you reference it like in, in in a joking way, like in you know Super Bad where they talk about taking McLovin to Azkaban, like that kind of thing is funny. But uh, it's just something like I don't know something kind of I I heard it I thought. Who is this person? I'm probably never going to hear of them again, so it doesn't matter who they are. So, uh, about the about the Harry Potter thing, I saw a tweet a while ago that was like, uh, "Is like people will be like, I'm Slytherin." It's like, "Excuse me, ma'am, you are 33 years old." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about right. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and then so after that, uh, she started kind of getting a little bit more traction in the blogosphere, and then. I, the point when I knew that she was kind of next up was a, a song that came out called Five Star Chick, which came out, she's a remix of, with Lil' Kim, uh, Gucci Mane, and Yo Gotti. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she had, it's like, it was, that was like maybe her first uh, steen stealing, steen stealing verse, where like, Every the the sort of blogs were talking about it, and you kind of I remember like kind of fast forwarding to her verse, and um, you know she kind of smartly tied her rise to Gucci Mane, who was at the, at the time was kind of the hottest underground rapper, and she was also signed to Mize Management, which is Waka Flocka's mom's management organization. So she was kind of like circulating the, the ten seventeen like sphere Waka world. Atlanta world, yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of Five Star. Five Star. I just had the nip 
Pippany, I need that gal to Tiffany. Fendi on my slippers and my cookies always slippery. I don't need help, I pay the bills on time. So I be yelling, fucking with a deal, they'll sign. Five little mama, you a three star. I ain't sleeping when I say I'm in my dream car. Oh, did I stutter? Have a Juku hyphen. Barbie, I'm hot, I think it's kind of put the right then. In the chair, I was gluing my weaving. When you hit the stage, they was booing and leaving. Young money, red flag, no more auditions. Ass let a wine, hold up five star bitches. It's funny, it's funny that you say that like you didn't think you'd ever hear of her again because that's totally how I felt. And I remember on the Drought Three, Wayne has a line, I forget on which song, but he's like, he, like he's like. And I just signed a chick named Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and at that time, like, I would, you'd hear those kind of things in rap songs all the time. Like, I signed this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this person's coming up. And it's like, you never heard of them ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very rare that you're like, and I signed this new person I'm super excited about. And then they became a star. <laughs> it just, yeah. like, wasn't like that, really. Um, so, yeah, it was like, I remember thinking it was kind of cool that she actually did stick around. Because I was like, oh, wow. So, like, when he said that, it, it actually meant something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Around the same time as that Drought 3 verse... Uh, she started getting a buzz uh, for a version she did of um, Biggie's uh, The Warning. Mm-hmm. That kind of was like, that. this time, uh, one of the biggest promotional tools in rap was like rap sort of bootleg DVDs uh, where people would record freestyles. There was a, a, some, the most famous one is called Smack DVD where they would have mm-hmm. rap battles and freestyles and it was... Uh, there's, you know, French Montana got to start making one called Cocaine City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it was just kind of like a, it was like similar to the, when mixtapes were actually like CDs found in stores, this was sort of a similar distribution method. So she kind of before, this is like early kind of pre YouTube. So there was less internet video or it'd be like daily motion kind of stuff like that. And you can find this video on, and it is actually interesting. It shows her early creativity before that she was part of, um, a rap group called Hood Stars, which featured her uh, longtime um, partner Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kicked out of it. The most, the, their biggest accomplishment. This is like it's pretty funny that they they had a song um, that was part of like the WWE's e. diva divas victoria it was it was her her theme music yeah yeah it's so funny because i like i i never clocked that like yeah. i mean i wouldn't have but yeah it was 2004 who even wasn't even honest but like i didn't even yeah it's such a deep cut and it just shows like the path that artists take to success that like that could have just been it you know uh-huh. like her biggest you know if nikki wasn't nikki maybe her path their her greatest moment of her life would have been to like have had a song on yeah. like a diva's entrance music on wwe it's pretty impressive to me. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so she, yeah, she she started dating Safari, and then kind of uh, who knows how she met met Wayne. But at the time, she wasn't officially Young Money, even though it, yeah. was, it was sort of being apparently applied. no Wayne Wayne saw her uh, on one of those DVDs. Like it was a right. I think it was Dirty Money DVD. Right. He saw like a like a freestyle she did on it, and was really impressed with her, and then kind of reached out to her. And I think that's how the relationship started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and obviously, first, Wayne's well, got a crazy eye I mean, for talent. Just insane! It's absolutely insane because, like, similarly, like his story of, of like how he he like first heard Drake is. I think I don't know if it was a comeback season thing, but like it may have been a comeback season. Like he heard, like uh, Jazz J- Prince, yeah, Jazz Prince, uh, which is who's the son of Jay Prince, the uh, legendary hip hop uh, Houston 
mogul. We pay a lot of respect to. <laughs> Nothing but respect for for Jay for Jay Prince and the whole Prince family. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Jay, Jay Prince, uh, Jazz Prince played a Drake song for Wayne. And Wayne called him immediately and is like, yo, can you come on tour with me like tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like drop everything and fly. Like he could just, he could, Wayne like has an an eye and an ear for talent. Or at least he did then. I mean, it's it's amazing that at the time he was the best rapper in the world. And maybe like my, in my opinion, the most impressive sort of period of rap ever. He also found, he found Nicki, uh, Drake and Tyga within like two years while he was also like the best rapper. Hmm. I saw. I remember I saw this stat recently that I think it was like artists with the most um, Hot 100 entries of Uh the 20th first century, like the rap artists. And number one was Drake. Number two was Wayne. Number three was Jay Z. And number four was Nicki. Or or maybe number three was Kanye. And five was Jay Z. Anyway, the top. They were the top of the top five. They were three of the top five. That's absolutely insane. And the top two and four. It's like. Like, and that, that's just Wayne. Like, I mean, who knows where Drake would have been. I mean, he might've been some kind of star, but the, the at the time that, it, it that would, I, I think it would have been, it would have been a tough, it would have been a tough sell. Even, Absolutely. even in Toronto it would be a t- tough sell for Drake without Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I remember when that first tape came out and I was like, I remember my little brother was in here and I was kind of like, all right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was like, it's fine. Comeback season or yeah, uh, comeback yeah. season. Like this sounds like. Canadian hip hop, and I mean that in the most negative way possible, yeah. <laughs> like, which know. was the, the, the feeling at the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, um, anyway, so she like she kind of started blowing up before Drake did. You yeah. know, again through this this sort of mixtape circuit, the New York mixtape circuit, working with artists that have long since been forgotten, like Gravy. Uh, didn't Gravy play Biggie in the Big in Notorious? Oh, is that yeah? Is that Jamal Woodard? I think yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you kind of working your way th- up through that and releasing a string of mixtapes, um, most importantly, Beam Me Up Scotty, which was mm-hmm. sort of her, uh, her biggest mixtape, uh, and, and, and really like it was a, a mixtape I was kind of thinking about when we did our classic mixtapes that aren't on streaming of including, because it is a pretty important mixtape of that that era that's uh-huh. you know the, the sort of non-physical physical mixtape era um and one that was sort of part of that changing from a mixtapes being from a bunch of freestyles to being kind of semi-original material yeah, produced songs with original productions so then i mean kind of in 2009 she really when when five star comes out it's also kind of when the we are young money period happens yes but it's sort of like this kind of weird promotional tactic and like a and ring choice that we are young money where it was this sort of cutesy vibe that they yeah, went with it was like a family it was family. like because fa- it and young money had there were so many rappers in it yeah it was little like twist little twist it's short dog um <laughs> drake nikki tyga gotta chucky gotta gotta mac bain yeah <laughs> lil wayne yeah like that's a fucking massive roster of people to put on an album yeah um and it also i saw somebody tweet <laughs> chanel Remember chanel Chanel. yes i do single that, yeah that little wayne song i saw i saw a tweet the other day that said bedrock is the worst song in hip-hop history <laughs> oh, that's not true <laughs> it's not it's, it's a, not but i think it's a funny idea it is because it's also like i feel like bedrock is so even at the time it kind of felt a little bit like anachronistic i'm like is this yeah, it felt it like it's from another era almost lloyd on the on the on the on the hook and yeah uh, and i think i think it's like i also like at the time i really was into that song but almost like i also think i also kind of hated it 
Yeah. You know? I thought it was like, kind of stupid, but I also kind of liked it. It was just like a very... Do you con- remember the song Every Girl? Yeah. Oh. Which has like some of the most questionable lyrics of all time That's what I was confusing it. with. That's what I was confusing no, with. Bedrock and, and Every, every girl. girl might be the worst song uh, of yeah, all time. Yeah. That's what I think of Every Girl. catchy. Okay. I'm sorry. I think of Every Girl. I think at the end of... Uh, I can't remember who says it, but a rapper is like... Mac Mane. is like... Who's basically like... Is like... Miley Cyrus, when you turn 18, holler at me. Yeah, he says so much questionable shit on this record. Uh, it was a different this, time. Yeah, oh my God. Motherfuckers would be locked up for this shit now. He literally, there's, I, okay, I don't even know that I want to say this lyric on here. but Don't he, say it. <laughs> okay, I'll put it like this. There is a lyric so bad on this song that Jordan won't even let me say it on the podcast. <laughs> You're going to have to look it up on, on uh, it in, incognito in a... mode on, on genius.com. <laughs> And, uh, and it's like, it is the worst. It actually, I think it is the worst verse in all of hip hop. At the very least, you can say Mac Main's verse on Every Girl is the worst verse in hip hop history. I think. Right? Like, you could make an argument for it. You could probably make an argument for it. Yeah. At least in 2019. Maybe, like, the, the, the cultural pendulum will swing the other way and we'll be like, wow, he was so ahead of his time. He was so <laughs> extreme. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, in, so the... It's, it's good to actually bring up that Young Money aesthetic because it, it does kind of bleed into Nicki Minaj's breakout point. And she broke out really fast and really quickly uh, with her first album, Pink Friday. So it, which, it's, all like, it's like Barbie aesthetic. Yeah. It's like, kind this of like, is, that's like, hence the, the nickname of her, her rabid fan base, yeah, the, the Barbs. Yes. Yeah. So this is, this is really when she, she broke out. I mean, Drake had sort of has had a more gradual rise, whereas Nikki, I think, has sort of gone up and down consistently in her career. So Pink Friday, listening to Pink Friday today in, in preparation for this, I've truly felt it's maybe one of the worst rap albums of all time. I mean, like, <laughs> not to be too hyperbolic about it, but it's it's it doesn't have a lot. Like, it doesn't. Ha- she hasn't kind of gotten the charisma that she gets later in her career, or the weird like experimentation. Um, it's it's and it just has some of the worst production of one of the worst eras for hip hop production. Like the two thousand, at least right now, like the two thousand ten sort of electroy pre trap like eight oh eight type beats just have aged so poorly um you know it's like the will i am features and like she just she kind of has does some of her like bubblegum pop stuff here for most of the record and it just sounds terrible yes but you know what like one thing to think about is like the different eras it was a different era where nikki as a you know as a rapper was also trying to put a foot in the pop world. Mm-hmm. And the pop world at that time was really like very that like old school kind of like what was like the 2000s, it's, 90s it's pop. Lady Gaga. It's a la- like a Lady yes. Gaga palette. Very Lady Gaga palette. And I think to cross over into that world, you kind of had to play in that field. But but I this is a, I, to me, this was a mistake because I, I think we knew where like music was going at that point, you know? Maybe, I mean, and then you know obviously it, 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 maybe I'm wrong in the sense that she was been hugely successful, but when you look back on it, it just doesn't, I mean, I'm sure like for the, the, the barbs who are going to come after us, uh, this us, nigga, that's you. <laughs> me that. Nah, I got nothing but respect for Nikki and shout out to all the barbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you need any dirt on James, like his biggest fears or his address, I can get that. Yeah. <laughs> Getting docs out here. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I hear you, but at the same time, like, 
I'm not, I'm not defending it in terms of the quality. I think I think that the album is not good. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like, like the choices. Like I'm, yeah, the choices I feel like were that now the, you know the music hasn't aged very well, and I think the choices at the time were trying to think of building her as like a very broad artist. Yeah, and it just kind of it's you know it's it's, 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 it's the quality suffers. Yeah, I mean I think that it, the thing that we'll kind of talk about a little bit more towards the end of the episode, but it, we kind of it's a good point of uh like demarcation is that nikki has always like demanded the utmost respect and kind of proclaimed herself as being a legend and held herself to be like one of the best rappers in the game and like you look at this first album and it's it's just like i mean 2010 was it was sort of this last gasp of the record industry and there was a lot of artists Records got shelled that time, or they got over A and R, like Gucci Mane, mm-hmm. infamously. Uh, his like major label. A lot of people's major label debuts were, like were just all bad. Wale. There was a bunch of other J. artists, Cole. yeah, who just it didn't really work super well for them. Mm-hmm. Wale is a good a good one. Yeah, the people just didn't really the, like the I mean, labels. Just didn't really know what they were doing at that time. I mean, there were there were. I think you know, I'm I'm not one for uh, for toilet humor. I kind of hate it. Yeah, but uh, you know, did it on them. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. You know, I, I think the other thing is like, like, despite all of these like really kind of like terrible, uh, you know, craven attempts at pop crossover moments mm-hmm. that were on this album, Nikki's like s- still such a good rapper mm-hmm. that she still gets some bars off on these songs, you know? She does. Although the, this album might have the most of that, that kind of, uh, oh, hashtag rap. Hashtag oh my rap. God. That's the other thing. Listen, listening to all this like old Nicki Minaj is like reminded, because at the time of hashtag rap and hashtag rap basically was like, is like where you kind of set up a line, yeah. and you just like you. It's like you have an ellipsis essentially, yeah, and then you exactly. say the one word that's the, like, the subject matter of that you like, so set up. The one that comes to mind most is I think a Drake line on uh, on Forever, yeah, where he's like, and I bald chemo, yeah, or something. Oh, it was just like oh, so God. bad, so bad. And I, and I remember there was a time also that there was like kind of a bit of an argument about who invented hashtag rap, yeah. a beef between B- Big Sean and Drake, like right. kind of like in the media thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's so funny that now I'm like, I, both, I bet both of you are like, no, that was the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time, they're like, I did it. No, they're like, no, that was 10 years later. They're like, that was Sean. That was yeah. really, yeah, that was a Sean thing. It was yeah. definitely a little Wayne who invented it also. Anyway, uh-huh. um, anyway, you should listen to a bit of Did It On Him. Yeah, let's, let's do a bit of Did It On Him because like, I think here you can see like the promise yeah she's just incredibly skilled yeah so this is a bit of a did it on him by Nicki minaj from pink friday her first album all these bitches is my sons and i'ma go and get some pips for them a couple formulas little pretty lids on them if i had a dick i would pull it out and piss on them let me shake it off I just signed a couple deals I might break you off And we ain't making up I don't need a mediator Just let them bums blow steam Radiator That was a great thing You fucking So, well, the same year uh, I, I would say Nikki's real breakout moment was It's true uh, A this guest mo- appearance I think this is the moment where everyone realized they had to take Nikki ser- very seriously Yeah uh, guest appearance on an album that many, not my, myself not included, think is the, one of the best rap albums of all time. And I'm, she, a, I'm a part of that camp. Uh, she has uh, maybe the most like recognizable verse on the album. It's, it's uh-huh, got to be up uh-huh. there. Yeah, it's true. Uh, on a song called Monster. Yes. And, uh, 
it's it's an incredible verse. It just it just really is. She's there with Ross, Jay Z, and Kanye, and she totally. It's her song. It's her song. Um, and I think it's also it's just like one of the most astounding verses, I think. And I think it's also what's what's great about it is like it's so uniquely Nikki in subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just like. You know the whole the whole like idea of like the song's called Monster and they're all like talking about being like you monsters, know, monsters. and like even just from the way that she gets uh, from her opening bars on you're just like it's like you're taken to another world it's like first things first I'll eat your brain yeah all right yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you're like it just like it just captures your attention yeah and it's so sharp and it's punchy and it's funny yeah and you know Nikki famously went to uh, the Fame High School in New York which LaGuardia. is the Laguardia the Performing Arts High School yeah. Which has a crazy uh, alumni alumni list of yeah. various celebrities and whatnot, and like she's got like you know a big. I think a big part of Nikki as a rapper is she's like got like she's got like a theater school's like kind Absolutely. of like vibe, you yeah, know, a theater sure. kid vibe. So in her music, there's a lot of characters, a lot of different voices. There's a lot of different like there's alter egos mm-hmm. and like um, one of her alter egos is called Roman Zelinsky. Yeah, the fuck, I know. It's <laughs> like, very strange. Fam, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, and I feel like all of that is incorporated into this verse, mm-hmm. and then it's just like so bar heavy. It's yeah. just barred up, you know. Yeah, it's, we should listen to her verse. On let's Monster. listen to the the infamous uh, or the very famous and like I, I, one of I, one of the best verses of the decade. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, Nicki Minaj on Monster. This is it. I'm gonna need to see your fucking hand. In a monster automobile gangster with a bad bitch that came from Sri Lanka. Yeah, I'm in a tanka, color a Willy Wonka. You could be the king, but watch the queen come. Okay, first things first, I'll eat your brain. Then I'ma start rocking gold teeth and fangs. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. He addressed her from Milan, that's the monster do. Monster just be heel, that's the monster show. Young money is the roster and a monster crow. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with a funny face. And if I'm fake, I ain't know this cause my mom. up she released an album several times over called pink friday roman reloaded there was like roman reloaded it was very all i found it all very confusing at the time because it was it was kind of a sequel but calling sequel something like roman reloaded it sounds like a deluxe version of the original Uh pink friday uh but it's in its own album and then there was pink friday roman reloaded deluxe edition and then there was (laughs) pink friday roman reloaded the re-up i didn't really i don't like it was so confusing to me that I didn't really realize that they were not the same album initially for like months. There was just like I can't believe she keeps she's putting up the same <laughs> album two years later, like five times over. Um, anyway, um, I think Pink Friday Roman Reloaded is much better than 
the original Pink Friday. Uh, the fr- it starts off incredibly strong. Uh, like the first few songs on this album, um, Roman Holiday, Come on a Cone, one of the wildest rap songs of all time. She's just spazzing on it. Like Nikki at her weirdest, which is the best Nikki in my opinion. Hmm. Um, I'm Your Leader with Cameron and Rick Ross. Bees in the Trap, maybe Nikki's best song. Bees in the Trap, it's up there. Um, yeah, it could, it's, uh, it's up there. It's, it's up, up there. there. It's one of her best songs. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Um, and yeah, you know, it starts off really strong, but then the la- like the latter half of the album, with the exception of Stupid Ho, is like again just full of these kind of like saccharine uh bubblegum pop crossover songs. Um I think like as, Starships. I, yeah, Starships, which which was like a massive song, one of one, one of her biggest songs. It was actually the song that I think so in, in 2012, Nikki was set to headline uh, Summer Jam, the mm-hmm. famous uh, Hot 97 radio show summer concert, which mm-hmm. brings together like it's like essentially like the OVO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it, and it was like it was the marquee hip hop summer concert moment For, yeah. at the time yeah. before OVO actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's and then OVO overtook that, but but uh, before the show started, Hot 97 DJ uh, Peter Rosenberg was on stage and was describing the show and brought up Nikki and referenced Starships and said, that's just not real hip hop. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like sort of insulted her Yeah, as she was headlining and she canceled her headlining gig. She just like left. I don't Has she ever been on Hot 97 since? Uh, does a guest appearance? I don't know. If uh, yeah, she I'm, ever not has. Sure, I'm not sure if she has, if she's ever been back, but it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Charlemagne and the Breakfast Club have kind of taken a lot of Hot 97's uh, shine. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of think that the, this comment is really indicative of, of what Hot 97's problem has been. Because you have like Ebro, uh, Peter Rosenberg, and Funk Flex, all who have this very like sort of antiquated version of hip hop mm-hmm. that has really kind of, I think, held the station back in a lot of ways. It has. And I think they're trying to change that now. But the, the kind of, they, they for entirely too long held on to this like kind of protectionist mm-hmm. strategy in with hip hop where it's like, we have to serve, we're servicing just the tri state area. Yeah, exactly. And, Part of that thing is like safeguarding hip hop from any kind of like deviation from the standards set in the nineties yeah. and eighties. It's like yeah, it was very it's 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 in retrospect very strange. Like at the time, it made a lot of sense because it, it was direct. There had so much direct lineage. But if you look back on what the, like, the important hip hop of the last decade is, they were like so off and, so al- the and also it's like even look at what's happened to new york hip-hop exactly it's like bobby Shmurda sounds like chicago drill exactly, you know it's not yeah. a traditional new york sound for sure you know cardi b even like, like a I mean, boogie with the hoodie yeah like, i mean even asap rocky and french montana had to get out of new york essentially in terms of the like aesthetic they were mm-hmm. working with to become who they were anyway Anywho. uh so you know i think really the, the peak of nikki uh, sort of the, her career high is in general the year of 2014. Mm-hmm. In 2014, she puts out her best, in my opinion, her best album, The Pink Print. Um, it's got Feeling Myself. It's got Only. Mm-hmm. The Only. Wow, that's a that's a that's like a jam, a yeah. timeless jam. Her, I, I don't know if it's her biggest hit. Is Anaconda her biggest hit? Uh, it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit because of a very famous video that featured a lot of ass. Yeah. It's, it's it sells, uh, but most importantly, I think that like the the song choice instead of it being this sort of like 
super like bubble gummy like I, I like wrote down that like I her earlier sound kind of it was like this it's like this sound that I associate with like sort of Vegas or like Miami or like LA radio of like like just trash pop you know it's like uh-huh. like this kind of disposable pop that reminds you know that song like a G six yes I was thinking about that too today yeah it, that's what it reminds me of it's like this like it's it has a far east movement like far a G six it's like this motifs of dance you music your, but but not like it doesn't have any of the good things about dance music in it let me tell you some the year two thousand eight <laughs> you find your boy that's me <laughs> in a popped collar polo at the Barking Frog in London Ontario <laughs> dancing to like a G six. Well, and I would be so excited when that song would play. Times were tough. Times were, t- <laughs> times were tough, and what was getting played in clubs was not like not good. the kind of hip hop that gets played in clubs now. It's that's a big. Fact. You had to, you had to, you had to, you had to get, you had to get your moments where you could get them. You yeah. Know? Well, it's a sad story, but uh, the the songwriting on this record is sort of it's like her breakup album, and it has like instead of having this is after she broke up with Safari. Yeah, so she broke up with Safari after ten being together for ten years. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bit of a messy breakup. Yes, very but, much so. But instead of having like Will I Am, she has like people like Jesse Ware, who's like a this great British singer on there, and she has you know the good Ariana Grande song. She has a couple of Jeremiah guest verses. A lot of great songs on here. One one of my favorites is just like I think it, this is also I think an album that like Nikki kind of leans into her her rapper bona fides mm-hmm. a little more. Um, like a great example is a song called Four Door Adventador, which mm-hmm. really sounds like it sounds like a '90s hip hop New York song. Yeah, and even just like her cadence and her voice in it, and it's just like it's just amazing. So let's listen to Four Door Adventador. Hit me on a celly, watching belly. Godson, I could see they study Machiavelli. Peanut butter pens got them jelly at the deli. If you feeling like a ninja, I got a machete. Hell yeah, them girls bad, but they're fucking heavy. I'ma fuck around and have them looking like spaghetti. I say some shit, he be like, yo, you so legendary. But he could tell just by my face, he ain't getting any. Penny more for you, boy. We in the funky four door, nut floor. He was setting that roll. Oh boy, she was making that noise. Oh boy. Penny more for you, boy. We in the funky four But more than the pink print. 2014 is when Nikki became one of the all-time great guest features. She was always good and always strong, going back to five star. She always could be kind of a scene stealer. But she not only like had not only had some like Lucy's that for some reason didn't make the album, like um her Chirac freestyle, which was is like an and incredible song. I think it, I think also it's like this is another thing just about Nikki in general is like, and which is I think really evident on the Chirac freestyle is that Nikki can get in these certain pockets where it's like every word, every bar it, you just like doing like the ugly face after you're like, damn, like yeah. she ate that. She also um, has throw some Mo by uh, Ray Strummer that that's year. Right, she right. has boss ass bitch remix. She uh-huh. has no flex zone remix. Uh-huh. She has, um, the YG uh, remix of its song. I we we should also mention say. that uh, the Pink Print got nominated for Best Rap Album at the Grammys. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, um, she is on the Beyonce Flawless remix that yes, year. Yes, yes, yes. She's on Danny, like, kind of when Young Thugs was blowing up on the Danny Glover remix. Um, she, you know, it's just kind of 
was 2014 was just kind of her year. And it kind of became the year that you knew to be excited if Nikki was going to remix a popular song mm -hmm. because you knew that she probably was going to eat that shit up. Exactly. Like she could, she, she's just kind of has that rare, the most rare quality in an entertainer, which is just like raw star, star power. Like she just has, she just demands attention. Like, uh, I, I don't know if there's any song where she is like a, a guest on it and it, she doesn't kind of steal it. Uh huh. Uh -huh you know, uh -huh. like, uh, the quality I think she retains to this day. Yeah. I mean, think of like, um, plain Jane. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like yeah. that song is still one of the biggest songs that like boozy fade. You can always depend on it to like get the crowd hype. It's and like, it's, yeah. Really, so much because of her verse. It's, it is because of her verse. I mean, like, I think ASAP Ferg is great on that song and does a good job of it. And, like, it's a really good, like, chanting, jumping, aggressive song. Mm -hmm. But I think Nikki really helped that song transcend and to, like, elevate it to another, a whole other thing. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, yeah, she just, that that is sort of, like, you know, in 2016, she is down in the DM yeah, and I, th I think that what she's doing here with all of these different verses is like, because she's maintaining the, uh, some of the persona and character that she's kind of built in, like, a lot, even in some of those pop songs. She mm -hmm. still has that there, mm -hmm. but she's kind of filtering it into like a more like, it's just a lot more focused and honed in. And it's like, and it's there, the, and I think also like the other thing is that as she's making these remakes from the pink print, pink print on, the hip hop world had changed. Mm -hmm. And so did the pop world, mm -hmm. world. So, like, you know, the pop world had become hip hop was pop, you yes, know, like, like the top of the charts. And, and then especially when you get into like the, when streaming started to impact the charts and like, mm -hmm. what was like, kind of like, what's the top, what's top 40, like literally top 40. Mm -hmm. It's primarily a lot of hip hop. It's primarily a lot of rap. It's primarily a lot of stuff. that's trap influenced. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's like, she's kind of playing on a different, in a different playing field than what was like the 2010s. And she kind couldn't of like, adapt. What's that? And she couldn't adapt. I mean, ultimately, like at 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 certain points that we had fully kind of crossed over into what pop is, not really like there absolutely being sort of a sonic like pop genre mm -hmm. still exists for sure. But uh, really, what is like pop, Hot 100 kind of pop music, not just like when a rap song crosses over. It's like rap song is the hot, rap is the that's hot right, 100. That's right, that's right. And she didn't, she never really kind of cottoned on to that. Yeah, never never so much on her own tracks, but I think in, in those other songs, on all these sure. other songs that were mentioned, like the remix, because they're just remixes of popular rap songs. Yeah. That's where she would, she would kind of do that. Mm -hmm. And then her albums would still be like the, you know, uh, Ariana Grande feature, the Eminem feature mm -hmm. that... But, just by pure math, I guess, is like a good business decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, and that I, that kind of leads us into where I think her sort of career low is, which is a bit of last year until now. She released her fourth album, Queen, in 2018. And it's it okay. It doesn't really have any distinguishing songs on it. I mean, there's a few really good songs on this album, in my opinion. What do you think the really good songs okay, are? Okay, first of all, I I feel like it was also interesting to, like, understand, you know, I think Nikki, such a big part of her is her fan base and mm -hmm. their, like, rabid nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, there's a lot of attention they get online for just, like, you know, the way that they misbehave, like, when they harass the writer, Wana, um, from Wana's World, the blog, mm -hmm. about, like, because she... Said she wants to hear more mature content from and Nikki, then Nikki, which is a DM'd. very reasonable thing. It's true. And then Nikki DM'd her and then 
the DMs got out, and then her friends started harassing this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people know that. But I also, in 2018, I was like, I went to a uh, event for Toronto Pride, like an outdoor like concert event, and so there's a bunch of performances. And the, I, when the DJ dropped uh, one of the singles from this album, Queen Chun Li, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've never seen an I, I'd never seen an audience start up like that. Like people like the like way that's... the way that like you know. Like Nikki's support, and I'm like not to base everything off of this one interaction sure. at this event, but it was just like seeing the way like this crowd went up to Chun Li, like that, like the way that she's like deified mm-hmm. was just like it was so eye opening for me. It was right. like really like it really like helped me understand just like how important Nikki is to a va- like a wide audience, you right, know? right, right. And also, I think it also helped. Like I, I think I liked Chun Li before, yeah, I like but seeing. But seeing people turn up to it in that way just made me like I love that song. I yeah, think it's yeah, a great song, I hear that. and it really like helps. It really like it's like it's kind of like when you see a video for a song that you liked, mm-hmm. and the video enhances the song so much. That's totally what that experience was. Right, for right, me. right. Um, so I think Chun Li is good. Obviously, Bar- Barbie Dreams is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Like, so it, Barbie Dreams is a reference. It's like a song that's sort of calling back to uh, a song called Dreams by the Notorious B.I.G. Which is a song that Nikki has referenced in other, in yes. some of her other raps. Yeah. So it's amazing to hear. And like, it's a super funny song. It's basically about like... It's like a gender flip. Basically. Yeah. Of like what what it would be like if she dated all of the... If she went out with her or just like even hooked up with all of these different rappers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, super funny. And it's like, it's so lighthearted. Like mm-hmm. it's like the, you know... um. I think she. I think Young Thug was like a little upset at what yeah. he, at what he said about what she said about him, which is just that like she keeps. She she trying, he, yeah, she was gonna she's gonna hook up with him, but he kept taking her dresses or something. Yeah. It's like, I think that line's funny. I think it's funny too, but I I sort of get I that get he it. was trying to distance himself from the, from the, from the dress thing at that time. Yeah, I wonder if funny if like you know well adjusted 2019 Thug would care as much. Yeah, that'd be interesting. To, that'd be interesting to see. Um, but even it's also like some of some of the stuff she says. It's like they're not even really insults. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, I try to give. Uh, I try to hook up with fifty, but he just wanted to talk about power for hours." Yeah, like, I know. It's really like, funny. That's not even, that's just funny, yeah. but it's like it doesn't. It's not a mean. It's not a mean yeah. thing. Um, but anyway, let's listen to a bit of Barbie Dreams because it's very good. R.I.P. to B.I.G. Classic shit. I'm looking for a nigga to give some babies A handful of Wheezy, sprinkle of Dave East Man, I ain't got no type like Jimmy and Sway Lee But if he can't fuck three times a night Peace. I tried to fuck 50 for a powerful hour But all that nigga wanna do is talk power for hours Be- Beat the pussy up, make sure it's a KO Step your banks up like you moving at Yayo Somebody go and make sure Karuchi okay though I heard she think I'm trying to get a coochie to Quavo They always wanna beat it up, goon up the pussy Man, maybe I should let them auto-tune up the pussy. All these Bow Wow Challenge niggas lying and shit. Many Spetty Wop niggas say I am my shit. Drake worth a hundred million, always buying me shit. But I don't know if the pussy red or if he crying and shit. Meek still be in my DMs, I be having to duck him. I used to pray for times like this. Face ass when I fuck him. Man, Uzi is my baby, he ain't taking the L. But he took it literally when I said go to hell. Used to fuck with young thug, I ain't addressing the shit. Caught him in my dressing room, still in dresses and shit. I used to get this nigga with a list of testers and shit. How you want the pussy can't say your S's and shit? So to talk about Nikki's career low, I feel like it's like, I, I feel like her career low is kind of like the last few years. Because I think that, 
I mean, on one hand, Nikki has done a lot of interesting things. Like, for instance, she has an Apple Music radio show called Queen Radio, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I think it's like this could be Nikki's future if she wants it, like being like the Howard Stern of hip hop right. in a way, oh, just funny. like being like a kind of shock jock. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show, she's which she's used to, you know, play music, but also to like air out her various beefs with different people, mm-hmm. uh, Cardi, Travis Scott, Remy Ma, like yeah. name somebody. She's like, that's where she does it. But I think that what the the low of this whole thing is this is just like I think in the last few years Nikki the way that we view her has shifted into kind of looking at her as this like kind of bitter mm-hmm. like well this kind of, I mean to me this is why I was kind of going to go with with why I think Queen is sort of her low, her all time low was because like when the her it debuted the same week as Astroworld Travis Scott's album That's right. and it was the number two record and Nikki like took to all available forms of communication to protest that they had that Travis had included like uh, the, a copy of the album with ticket sales for his like Astroworld tour bundling. Yeah. Which Nikki also did. A lot of artists do it. Everyone does it. Taylor Swift does it. Yeah. Uh, that Kylie Jenner, he gotten like Kylie Jenner to, to promote it, which she took some issue with. And it'd be and, weird if Kylie didn't promote it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and just generally, uh, she was a sore loser. She was a really sore loser. It, 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 it was a very strange gripe. It was like, like I, she just seemed came off so entitled. And I, you know, I, I can't help but think part of this is that along with her beef with Cardi B, who is so beloved. Yes. Uh, there's not many people who don't like Cardi B. Uh, who would also like Nikki, mm-hmm. you know, there's kind of the sense that at one point she was sort of the one pony in town for female rappers. The she, what? Was, she was like the, she she was was the, the dominant only... woman rapper yeah. for the entire decade. Yeah. No, like, was... I mean, for, for for like in the last 20 years, Nicki Minaj, for most of the last 20 years, Nicki Minaj was the only really significant female rapper uh, that wasn't underground. Yeah, I mean, like, we still got, like, Eve in the early 2000s. <laughs> but that's, like, for a couple years. Yeah, that's right. Like, in terms of being mi- Like, Missy, again, like, she had that's maybe four, yeah. four, four years of the early 2000s. But since 2009, 2009 yeah, like... it's been Nikki. It's been Nikki until... The sun has not set on the Nikki empire. Exactly. Until that's... Cardi B starts coming out. Now we have Megan Thee Stallion. We have Tierra Wack. We, we have Young all... M.A. Yeah. There's, it's, I think it's just, like, the... The, the landscape changed. The landscape has become a lot more receptive to female art, different art. women rappers mm-hmm. who do different things and who are kind of different kinds of artists. It's just like, and I think just like, because of like the fragmentation of the way that the music industry is, there's just more space for all of these different artists to kind of cook in their own lane and mm-hmm. kind of cross, cross into the, the mainstream whenever they need to, or some, occasionally, and just like kind of co- all coexist. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was a little bit like, it wasn't really like that. Yeah. And, and, I think Nikki at that time used to have to be one. She was like so fiercely defensive of her position, uh, you know, seemingly unnecessarily beefing with absolutely anyone. Uh, whereas, which was kind of not is not really in the spirit of where I think f- the support for female rap is at this point. But uh-huh. also that looking back, I think that we you know look back, she needed to be all things to all people. She mm-hmm. needed to be this sort of like pop icon this sort of queer icon, this like bars heavy rapper, this, you know, uh, cause she could go trap. She could do like a New York style. She'd do like R and B. She'd 
try she really tried to kind of do absolutely everything mm-hmm. and because she needed to be all things to all people and i i just don't think that that is really who we need her to be anymore yeah i think that that's kind of like you know in a lot of ways the 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 rap landscape has changed and you kind of can just stay in a lane or two mm-hmm. instead of having to have like five lanes and unless you're like someone like Drake or someone like where you're just like, but Drake is like, so effortless. Drake is like, a, like, like the it. most amazing chameleon. Like yeah. he, you know, he's just like so good at making it all sound natural. Even mm-hmm. if everyone's like, this is like, you know, yeah, whatever culture, vulture. cultural, culture vulture or whatever they say. Um, but yeah. And I think that it's kind of hard, you know, Nikki is not done a good job of, abandoning that kind of like template mm-hmm. of like the pre the one that she's used for so much of her career and adapting to it. And I think that that's why it's kind of been hard for her. And I think also on another level, it's like when you've been at the top for 10 years, there mm-hmm. is a certain level of fatigue that the general public has with you. Yeah. And then that's where you have to like kind of reinvent yourself and like figure out a new way to like approach the problem. And I think that like, what would, you know, as far as retirement goes, like she, she I don't think she needed, like it might've been, it seemed like she announced, she said she retired because she felt like she was being un- underappreciated, mm-hmm. which I do think is true. Like, Nikki yes. is underappreciated. Well, we, I mean, we, I've kind of pointed this out in the Boozy Fake group that some, in the last year, there's been a serious turn about how people talk about Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are always people who didn't like her, sure, but like, I would say the general sentiment towards her is negative. There's such schadenfreude for her. People yeah. like, want to see her fail, it yeah. seems like. Which I find very strange because she is. Like at her best, one of the most interesting rappers of like uh, this era, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I mean, unfortunately, it seems like her her career, especially her albums, uh, sort of made with a lot of like a lot of cynicism. Sort of went into like what was actually on the the album. Uh-huh. There's a sort of like I think there's an artificiality to a lot of the songs that, but I, like what I, that's what I Def- hear. I yeah. hear like, okay, let's let's make this song about success uh-huh. you know it, it, i mean listen, listening to some of her albums in preparation for this was very difficult very difficult <laughs> like she's not necessarily an album artist i mean not not a lot of people not everyone is in in this day and age but like she least of all yeah listening to some of these albums i was like this is punishing yeah no and 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 i think that that's the thing that that mode of cynicism worked for so long but now like i think you know, so she came up from this time where there was this, this that she was able to, t- to kind of take that really artificial way of making music where she could appeal to all these different segments at once. And now I think artists, we want them to more just fit in in their lane, like be themselves and to, and to feel maybe something like a little bit more genuine with them. It's sort of similar to like, I think the issue that Chance is having that we talked about a couple episodes ago, where I feel like, like Nikki's just been doing Nikki. And it hasn't really actually changed that much, but I think our attitude to what she is doing has changed and our expectations have changed. true. That's very true. It's true. I mean, ultimately, you know, in terms of like the next, like, let's say five years of her career, Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, at some point, Nikki's going to like mostly transition out of rap. One has to imagine, Mm -hmm. like she's got various businesses. She's been in a bunch of movies. She's in Barbershop three, which I I watched in Amsterdam and I really enjoyed. Um, (laughs) She, uh, She's like she has a lot of options available to her. She has her her Apple radio show. Mm-hmm. So she has a lot of options available to her about how she can like still be a part of the culture. She will absolutely. She is humongous. like it's not a, 
She and, would, I, I don't know what she could do to not be. But I think that generally, for as far as her career goes, I, I kind of hope that um, I, re- I really hope that the tide, that the public opinion, kind of gives her another shot. And mm-hmm. like, you know, she's she's been such an important figure for the last decade, and I feel like though you know she's definitely made some public missteps. I mean, this is we haven't even mentioned like just the stuff that's going on like outside of the music, which is like you know. Uh, her brother was arrested for like child molestation mm-hmm. and she's like supporting her brother. So there's like, there was like, some bad feelings around that. Mm-hmm. Obviously her new partner, her new partner is like a convicted sex offender, sex offender. There's like a lot of, and I feel like that a lot of that is like, yes, you know, for sure. Turn the tide against Nikki. Yeah. As a, as a, as an, as a rapper, as an artist, I think that, you know, yeah, her album, her, her, her discography in terms of albums is like not great. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of just actual rap of actual the last rap. decade, like, actually, like the just the, the what her cream of the crop is, mm-hmm. it's there, there are very few people that top it. Yeah, it's like she got to put some respect on her name, man. Yeah, she's like she's an incredible rapper, you know. So, like, so where do you see her going from here? Is you see see her transitioning out, or do you see her? kind of giving it one last shot at like rap there's gonna be one last shot i think that people like i think rappers in general it's hard they're like boxers they just they don't know when to quit it's Mm -hmm. too hard for them to ever stop really Mm -hmm. and they'll be doing it long past the majority of people care they just because it's just like i think it's just part of their makeup if if they're able to ascend i think of somebody like ti yeah if you're able to ascend to becoming like you know a mogul Mm -hmm. through rap like Mm -hmm. that's how you got there it's like even though you have all these all other probably more lucrative businesses, you can never stop rapping. You still want to rap, yeah. even if like it doesn't really connect to the mainstream. Yeah. And I think with Nikki's rabid fan base, is like she's always going to have a bunch of people super interested in whatever she's going to put out. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of if it's if it's going to connect with them or not. So I think that Nikki will do at least one more hard push for an, like a big album mm-hmm. and try and like you know maybe like write her legacy in certain mm-hmm. certain ways or music like musical legacy. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be received, and I, and I and I'm just kind of hoping, you know, you know, she worked with Megan The Stallion uh, on, Hot on Hot Girl Summer, which I think is a very good sign because it's mm-hmm. like Nikki getting in the sandbox and playing with the other yeah. major female fe- w- women rappers of the moment, which I think yeah. is very very important, mm-hmm. and it's something that she hasn't done enough in her career, mm-hmm. and I think for a variety of reasons, like some of it connected to how the media world wants to pit to whoever the dominant women rappers against each other, but also some of that's like self-directed. That's Nikki. Absolutely. That's Nikki feeling threatened and then lashing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that like, she'll kind of change her outlook on the music industry and, and maybe, you know, just be a little more, uh, agreeable in terms of working with other women rappers and just like kind of sharing, sharing her using her spotlight to like shine it on other artists, which then will also bring her up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's like I don't I don't know. It's kind of hard to say if 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 I think the rest of the music world will be open to it because she's been around for so long, and I think people are kind of like, all right, yeah, we've had enough. Yeah, I I I would agree. I think that she'll do one more. What I want her to do is is kind of employ some better songwriting and 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 like kind of. Uh, try and like hone rather than do all these different things giving us this like real smorgasbord of all the different kind of things going on in music at the time like make something a little bit more consistent a little fewer tracks because all of her albums have like 20 plus songs and like just figure out what you do best 
but I don't see it. I honestly, I, I, I have no expectation. All I can really hope for is that she just keeps giving us these amazing rap remixes that like elevate like pretty good rap songs into like classics. So that's this week's episode of Catch Up. Uh, once again, just follow us on Instagram at Catch Up Podcast. If you like what we're doing and want to continue to support us, go to patreon.com slash catch up podcast. Uh, give a donation. And also, um, stay tuned for more details on our DJ Academics, our live episode. It's Saturday, October 19th. Uh, tickets will be available at therecroom.com. It's T H E R E C R O O M.com. Um, and yeah, we want to give a shout out to our researcher, Corey Chaltis. Thank you so much, Corey, uh, to our producer, Kyle Fulton. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, if you, if you're listening to this, if you want to, uh, take a little screen cap, put it on Instagram, we wouldn't mind tag us in it. It always like brightens my day to get those little messages. See who's listening. Shout out to anybody, everybody who has messaged me since we've come back or messaged us since we've come it's back. True. It's, it is, it really is encouraging. It means a lot to us. And uh, yeah, until next week. Thank you. Stay safe.